بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹنائٹ از دا فرسٹ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu. And to spend one last uh, session on the subsection in, with regards to the incredible knowledge he had acquired. So there's a report in Bukhari in his Tariq, Behaqi in his Al-Madkhar, Muhammad ibn Ammara ibn Amr ibn Hazm rahmatullahi alayhi. He relates that he was once sitting in a gathering where there were ten sheikhs from the companions. He then said, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah thereupon began to relate a hadith from Rasulullah. Some of them did not know the hadith. And he would relate to them until they learned those hadith from him. That day I realized that Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu had memorized more than any other person. <coughs> so here one of the uh, tabi'een, he had the honor to sit with ten of the companions who were learned. They, they were the shaykhs of the companions. And when Abu Huraira related hadith, the tabi'een said, I noticed that some of the seniors didn't know the hadith. And he would then narrate the hadith to them and they would memorize it. He goes, I realized then that Abu Huraira had memorized more than any other person. So not the people were, who sat with him, they realized that he was the foremost in narrating the hadith of the Prophet Our beloved Messenger does sum up the phenomenal accumulation of knowledge of this most blessed man by making the following simple statement. Abu Hurairah is a vessel of knowledge. Abu Hurairah is a vessel of knowledge. This is in Qurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 1, page 39 of the English translation. So now let's look at logic. So his memorization of the hadith is a miracle. Hafiz Zahbi said, it's a mu'jiza of the Prophet. So we don't rationalize miracles. But Let's look at it even with logic. It is true that Sayyidina Abu Hurairah narrated more than 5,000 ahadith, which if you gather together, perhaps would make two volumes the length of the glorious Quran. But is it not also true? There are numerous Muslims throughout the Islamic world who have managed to by the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to memorize the entire Qur'an within just one short year. Why then does one find it strange to note that Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu memorized more than 5,000 ahadith within four years? And this is leaving aside, like I mentioned, the divine miracle which I mentioned. So again, even logically, you put all the hadith he memorized together, And you get roughly the size of two Qur'ans. So if a person can learn the entire Qur'an 
within a year, which is not common, but we know of that, then why do you, why do you find it strange that a companion of the Prophet, leaving aside the miracle, learned twice the amount within four years? So even logically, you know, why have people got a problem with his relating and memorizing the hadith of the Prophet So now let's turn to the deviants. So I've mentioned the companions, I've mentioned the tabi'in. Now the deviants. Compare this to what the misguided Rawafid Khomeini had said in his work, Al-Hukuma Al-Islamiyya, page 198 of the second print. So Khomeini said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how many calamities Islam has suffered due to evil scholars since the inception of Islam until today. Abu Huraira is one of the jurists. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how many ahadith he fabricated for the benefit of Muawiyah and his likes and how much he caused from the calamities to Islam. So they call him Imam Khomeini, the Rawafid. But like all Rawafid, he's misguided. So what is his take on Abu Huraira? So what's interesting? He admitted he's a jurist. That's interesting. Abu Huraira is one of the jurists. But then he says, but he fabricated so many hadith for Muawiyah. And he goes, this caused calamity after calamity to Islam. So what's he basically accusing Abu Huraira of? Of lying about the Prophet If only this wretch had followed whom they professed to follow, the beloved great-grandson of Rasulullah Ali ibn Hussein Zain al-Abidin. So again, to insult your intelligence, the Rawafid believe in imamat. And they say that these imams are divinely appointed and they are the successors of Rasulullah. And they say there's 12 of them. What else do they say about these 12? They say that they are greater than all the prophets except Rasulullah. So when you say Imam, when we say Imam, it's a title meaning that, look, he's a leader. But do we ever use that term to disrespect the prophets? So they believe in 12. The first of the Imams, they say, was Ali. The second of the Imams, they say, was Hassan. The third of the Imams, they say, was Hussein. The fourth of the Imams, they say, is Ali ibn al-Hussein. So they, the Rawafid, they, they profess to follow them without question because these are the divinely appointed ones. So let's look. So the fourth of the Imams is Zain al-Abidin. So you work out whether they truly follow him. In Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Nasai Tirmidhi, Sa'id ibn Mirjana, rahmatullah alayhi, relates. I have heard Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu relate that Rasulullah said, sallallahu alayhi wa whoever frees a believing slave, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will free all his limbs from the fire because of that. Thus he subhanahu wa ta'ala will free an arm for an arm, a leg for a leg. Zain al-Abidin, Ali ibn al-Hussein thereupon asked, Did you hear this from Abu Huraira? 
I Sa'id ibn Mirjan rahmatullahi said yes I did Zain al-Abidin rahmatullahi thereupon called a slave of his who was the best of his slaves saying call Matraf when Matraf came to him Zain al-Abidin rahmatullahi said go you are free for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah so let's look at this so it's recorded in Bukhari and Muslim I'll give you the Shia references in a bit. So it's definitely, this happened. So, Atabi'in heard Abu Huraira relate from the Prophet that if you free a believing slave, for every body part you free, your body part is free from the fire. Zain al-Abideen had not heard this. He asked the Tabi'in, Sa'id ibn Majana, did you hear this from Abu Huraira? So stop. Khomeini says he's a liar. <laughs> The fourth Imam is saying, Did you hear it from Abu Huraira? Mm. So who do we trust? Mm. And Sayyid said, Yes. Immediately, Zain al Abidid called the best slave that he had. And he said, I free you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Sayyid Muslim, there's an addition. This slave who was set free by Ali ibn Hussein, Zain al Abidin, had been bought for a price of 10,000 dirhams. He set him free because of the hadith of Abu Huraira. So the Rawafid, they say, well, this is your hadith. Okay. It is important to highlight this report is recorded in Kashif al-Ghimma, volume 2, page 290, a Rawafid reference. It's in your books as well. So now, straight away you realize they're lying and they're digging a hole for themselves. Another fact which the Rawafid should seriously consider is the status of the son-in-law of Abu Huraira, the noble Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. So Abu Huraira, he had children. One of his daughters married Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. In Al-Isabah, volume 4, page 205, Sayyidina Abu Huraira gave Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib his daughter's hand in marriage. So he's the father-in-law of this man, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. So now what do the Rawafid say about his, his son-in-law? One of the grand Shia scholars in the science of men, Al-Qashi, he said of him, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib was raised by Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali. This is in Rijal al-Qashi, Number 54, page 107. He also related in the same reference, Rijal al-Qashi, number 54, page 110. Abu Jafar had said, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, rahmatullahi, is the most knowledgeable person amongst the people of old and the most understandable person of his time. So let's look at these facts and figures. So Abu Huraira, who Khomeini said is a liar, he gave his daughter to Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. Who brought Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib? The first Imam. So why didn't the first Imam warn the one he brought up? Don't marry into him. He's a liar. And then their Shia authorities in the science of Hadith, they state that Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib is the most knowledgeable person. And the most understandable person of this time. Those do these buffoons not reflect and think. Why did Ali, who looked after Sa'id, 
not stop him from marrying Abu Huraira's daughter if he considered him to be a great liar. Don't forget, these are ma'asum according to them. So even if they weren't, God will alert them. Why didn't he alert him? And how could Ali ibn Hussein Zain al-Abidin, whom they considered to be the fourth infallible imam, have such a trust in Abu Huraira's knowledge if he considered him to be a great liar? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves us from such deviation and misguidance. I mean, so no, like the Quran mentions, when truth is hurled at falsehood, it smashes it. So they're attacking a companion, and in fact, by attacking him, they've exposed their own warped views. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The misguided Ayatollah Khomeini did not even spare Rasulullah himself. So the Allah alayhi salam. So think about that. You know, these are companions. So we don't dare speak ill of them at all. So they violated that. Forget that. They have even attacked Rasulullah. So this so-called Ayatollah, sign of God, Khomeini, he said in one of his works, Kashif al-Asrar, page 155, quoting, It is clear that had the Prophet conveyed the affair of Imamat in accordance with what Allah the Almighty commanded him and had exerted efforts in this area, then all these differences, turmoil and battles would not have infested the Islamic lands. There would not have appeared differences in the foundations of the religion and its subsidiary branches. What was he saying in simple language? He's saying the Prophet did not <laughs> convey the message. <coughs> what was the message he's supposed to have conveyed clearly? They said that he was supposed to clearly convey Imamat. This, this, this proof, this weird belief of the Rawafit. He goes, because he didn't make it clear, he goes, it ended up in fitna and fasad. Because he ended up with all these battles between the companions and the rest of it. So, let's respond to that. Maybe or enlightened Rawafit, there was in actual fact no such thing as Imamat, which you have invented and then have the audacity to make such vile remarks about Rasulullah himself to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our complaint. Now think about that. They don't even spare the Prophet because he didn't do a good job. <laughs> Who didn't do a good job? He was the Prophet. So what, what did he do? He didn't make it clear. What did he make clear? Imamat. Then you say, well, there's only two possibilities. One is your right. The Prophet was told to tell us about Imamat and he, he gave a wishy-washy clarification. Or, there's no such thing as it. What does your heart say? Right? And you stay away. You can tell. But they'll reject it. No, no, no. So they have the audacity to find fault with Rasulullah. So forget the companions. So note again, and all of this is from one man, Ayatollah Khomeini. A great sheikh that they, you know, post room everywhere. <laughs> Passed away, you know. So now, enough of the Rawafid. One would be excused to think it would only be the unbelievers and sects within Islam who would find fault with this majestic soul. Mm. But alas, how wrong you would be in thinking this. Now think about that. So obviously we expect deviance. 
to find fault with the companions. The shaitans, we know that. We expect the kuffar to find fault, to attack Islam. But you would expect that the, the ones who are upon guidance would not find fault with it. But guess what? They have. The following is an awe-inspiring event warning any sad soul who dares to find fault with this most noble servant of Islam. In one of the narratives of Faqih Yusuf ibn Muhammad Zanjani, Rahmatullah in the books Tariq ibn Najjar and Rihla ibn Salah, he says, Sheikh Abu Ishaq Sharazi, Rahmatullah relates from Qadi Imam Abu Tayyib, Rahmatullah who said, once we were present in a debate in Jami Masjid in Baghdad. During the debate, one young Khurasani man raised the Musarrat issue and asked the other side for proof. So I'm going to give you, you know, the proof of all this, the references, but they're in the central Masjid of Baghdad, center of learning. And the Sunni scholars are debating an issue called Musarrat. This is one of the most controversial juristical issues between the Hanafi and Shafi schools. So they asked each other for proof. The rival debater offered the hadith of Sayyidina Abu Huraira from the Sahihin. The Hanafi man said in response, Abu Huraira is not of the caliber that his hadith can be accepted. So what happened? In the heat of the debate, the Shafi Sheikh, he mentioned the hadith of Abu Huraira from the Prophet The Hanafi, he got irritated by that. He goes, Abu Huraira, he goes, you don't quote him. He goes, you don't quote his hadith. Qadi Abu Tayyib, an eyewitness to the incident said, he had not even completed his sentence when a mammoth python fell from the roof of the masjid. So a huge python fell from the roof of the masjid. The onlookers scattered and ran in different directions. But the python slithered only towards the young man who uttered the statement. People said, repent, repent, which he did very wisely. Subhanallah, the next thing we knew, the python disappeared, leaving no trace as to where it went. So this is the report. So now where is this recorded? Is it just a story? Hafiz ibn Salah, rahmatullah, stated, the chain of this narration is sahih. The chain consists of three respected and well-known scholars. Qadi Abu Tabari, his student Abu Ishaq, and Abu Ishaq's student Abu Qasim Zanaji, Rahimahumullah, referred to Hayatul Hayawan, Il Qubra 1-399, and Al Urf Al Shuzi 394. So it's a flawless report. Not only is it a flawless, the chain consists of Imams. So now, what happened? These were Sunni scholars. And what did one of the Sunni scholars, and we give him benefit of the doubt, slip of the tongue. Because why are you quoting Abu Huraira? Meaning, his hadith shouldn't be used in terms of rulings. And what happened? Allah Allah sent the sign immediately. A huge python fell from the central masjid's roof. 
and it was only going for him. Think about that. Snakes don't, you know, they don't, they just go for everybody. He's going straight for that man, and everybody said, say Toba, Toba. He did Toba, next minute he filled his away somewhere. So Allah sent this as a sign. And to this very day, people still told like this, ignorantly. Because why are you quoting Abu Huraira? And then you think, why? What's wrong with him? Because, well, you know, call Abdullah ibn Masood. Call other companions, right? Why have they got a problem with Abu Huraira? And that's because they've been poisoned. They don't know who that companion is. How true were the words of the Honorable Hafiz Zahbi, who relates in his seer 10-455. Many from the people of opinion reject hadith that Al-Hafiz, Al-Mufti, Al-Mujtahid, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, narrated directly from Rasulullah, claiming he was not a faqih, whilst at the same time, they come to us with weak narrations or even narrations that do not have a chain at all while seeking to use them as proof. So now what's happening? Who, which sheikh spoke ill of Abu Huraira? Which school did you follow? Hanafi. Hafiz Zahabi, which school does he follow? Shafi. He's a huge Shafi scholar. So he knows this report. Now look at the words he uttered. This shows he was furious. Mm. Many from the people of opinion. This shows he's angry. This is a derogatory like way of speaking of the Hanafis. Mm. The people of reason. <laughs> Many from the people of reason reject the hadith. Now look at the words he used. If you listen very carefully what he's saying. They reject the hadith that Al-Hafiz Al-Mufti, Al-Mujtahid, Sayyidina Abu Huraira. How many times did he give him? Hafiz, meaning master. Mufti, competent to give rulings. Mujtahid, absolute. Abu Huraira narrated directly from Rasulullah, claiming he was not a faqih. Then he said, now look at the job he's giving to these ignorant Hanafis. At the same time, because these ignorant ones come to us with weak reports that have no chain at all. So, in other, so imagine somebody comes, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu relates that the Prophet said, recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. Don't quote Abu Huraira. And then he goes, they start quoting, so and so heard the Prophet say, where's that recorded? So he goes, what's this double standard? So half his Zahabi put them in their place. But this is not to have a go at the Hanafis. It doesn't matter which school you follow. But at the same time, this is how you venerate the companions of the Prophet Now, if scholars were making these slips, God help us. Imagine, you know, somebody goes, oh yeah, this, this person said in speaker's corner, speaker's corner, when did that become a dalil? Right? And he goes, this guy, you know, he's a very learned brother, did he? What did he do? Wrote a book on Abu Huraira's errors. MashaAllah. We know he's got enough time to do that. So this is why I'm going going through the companions, the Tabi'een, the righteous, then the dogs, the Rawafit, and then even the Sunnis. So we're going to get it. When you go to your grave, you'll still be getting it. So it's so important to reject it outright. So let us finish with this. 
Let us thus be amongst those rightly guided souls who understand the worth of this majestic one and thus immediately act upon any of the narrations which fell from his blessed lips. Mm-hmm. In Tirmidhi is Gharib, number 1504, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 9745. Abu Kibash, he said, I once took six month old lambs to Al Madina to sell. But they were a dead stock to me. I then met Sayyidina Abu Huraira and I asked him. He said, I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ni'ma o ni'matil adiyatul jada'u minad da'an. The best sacrifice is a six month old lamb. Upon hearing this, the people took everything I possessed very quickly. Let's look at this. So this Tabi'in comes. He's trying to sell six-month-old lambs in the city of the Prophet. Nobody's touching it. I'll explain why. So when he was depressed and he came to Abu Huraira, Abu Huraira then said, like we'd say, that's strange. Because I've heard Rasulullah say, the best sacrifice is a six-month-old lamb. When he uttered that hadith, they swarmed that man. We want it, we want it. Six-month-old yeah, we'll buy it. So, did the people of Medina know his status? Did they say, Oh, no, that's, that's interesting, isn't it, brother? Only Abu Hadir and I say. Did they start talking like that? Imam Tirmidhi, he explained the wording here because in the wording, the Prophet said, Ni'ma aw ni'matil adiyatul jada'u. Imam Tirmidhi said, Waqi, rahmatullah, clarified that jada'a is a lamb of six or seven months old. This is in Tirmidhi, number 1505. So it doesn't actually say in the hadith, six month old lamb. But there's a word in Arabic called jada'a, and that is referring to a lamb six or seven months old. Clarifying further, Uqba ibn Amr radiyallahu, he relates, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave me some goats that I might distribute them amongst the companions for sacrifice. One, however, remained with me. It was a year or six months old. I mentioned that to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who said, you make a sacrifice with it. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 2300, Tirmidhi, number 1505, Hassan Sayyid. So what's happening? A companion called Uqba ibn Amr, he's been given some goats, he goes, give it to the people to sacrifice. But one, he couldn't get, you know, basically nobody would take it. It was a year or six months old. The Prophet goes, you make a sacrifice with it. Adding further details, a companion once asked, Ya Rasulullah, I have a sheep that yields milk, and though it is less than one year old, yet it has flesh better than two sheep. May I thus now sacrifice He said, yes, for indeed that is the best of your sacrifices. However, sheep of this age is not allowed to anyone after you. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 951, Sayyid Muslim, number 1961, Tirmidhi, number 1513, Hassan Sayyid. So a companion, he had a, a lamb that was less than one year old, the jada'a. But he said, it's got better flesh than two sheep, Ya Rasulullah. Can I sacrifice this? The Prophet goes, yes, it's the best of your sacrifices. But then he said something. Both sheep of this age are not allowed to anyone after you. 
So now this narration is problematic. Why? Because Abu Huraira told that man is the best sacrifice. <laughs> and the people bought it. So if Rasulullah said only you can sacrifice this, does not go against what's been mentioned. So Imam Tirmidhi, he commented here, Rahmatullah, in Tirmidhi number 1513, the scholars have agreed that only a ram, a male sheep of six months can be sacrificed, not a sheep or goat of this age. So Imam Tirmidhi clarified that it's a male, a male ram of six months can be sacrificed, not a sheep or goat. So going back to the initial report of Abu Huraira, maybe the stock of Abu Kebash were rams of around six months of age. <laughs> Have you understood? They were rams. But of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And the reason I mentioned that was because there's a bit of fiqh there with regards to the mat. But the point I wanted to get across was how quickly the people trusted Abu Huraira. Because if he heard a hadith, they would act upon it immediately. They wouldn't start asking, you know, double questions, triple questions. And then notice that those who ask questions don't end up doing anything. They just ask questions. And those who get on with it, just get on with it, mashallah. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah, we have these. 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 We